Welcome, episode 37, Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcast, Monday, February 6th. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's insight and perspective from members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee. On the show today, Blaine Disrude, research analyst. Welcome. Hi, Danny. Jason Cooper, research analyst. Welcome to you. Hey, Danny. Let's let's start with uh, the economic data for the week. It's coming in on the soft side uh, from a sheer quantity perspective. We've got inventories, consumer credit, and then the initial jobless claims, which we're going to be watching closely given turning over to strengths, the incredibly strong payroll report that we saw last Friday. So Blaine, what did we say? I mean, we saw over 500,000 jobs added to the market and we talked about it as a team last week. It's just, it's a number that no one was expecting. It was a huge surprise. And to the point of the economy, it's a good sign that, you know, companies are still hiring. And now it seems as though they're actually finding workers and bringing them into into the workplace to actually get, get back to work. Yeah. So consensus estimates were for 185,000. So with, with 500,000, it's, you know, it's a multi-bagger compared to estimates. And Blaine, to your point, Powell had been asking, where are these missing formulas? million workers and seeing the labor force expand by 800,000, it seems that maybe, you know, we don't really know what it is. Is it wages rising or what? But there's something that incentivized people to get back into the labor force. Yep. And, you know, we were just talking before we started recording. It's, is that good for the Fed? Is that bad for the Fed? What are, where does that put the Fed? And from my standpoint, I think it actually is almost a rosy situation for them where they are getting inflation starting to come down. They've talked about that. I think everyone's on the same page there that inflation is starting to roll over. And then on the flip side, their other mandate of making sure that the, the labor force and the labor market is strong, they're continuing to see that, especially with the numbers that we saw last week. So from their standpoint right now and where they're situated, it's actually a good spot for them. And you highlighted before we started talking, one of the things I guess we've been concerned about was labor hoarding and if you had unproductive labor, but we actually saw the work week for, for the labor tick up a bit and that kind of indicates that you know people their work week is expanding so that businesses actually see a need to keep them in the office for a longer period of time yep and i mean all in you got slowing economy to a degree it's not falling into recession at this point you have inflation coming down i mean if the trajectory is sustained you likely see a soft landing and that's exactly what the fed's looking for so i mean from that standpoint and we saw the market pricing that in over the course of this month anticipating where we're headed and the likelihood of a softer landing not a hard landing we saw that with the market too and what what the stock market did over the course of january which is another part of our strengths that we had the nasdaq rallied by about 15 percent in the first month so that was strong as well um and you know i i guess what you what you saw happen is kind of the exact opposite of how we ended the year. NASDAQ strong, some of the most shorted stocks rallied 20, 30%. So anything that wasn't working in 2022 is starting to work in 2023. I guess another thing that we saw that was strong on Friday, you know, that that report came out and the uh, prospect of a higher terminal federal funds rate, you know, getting pushed up to 500 to 525 basis points. You also saw an outsized move in the dollar, which had been weak for almost a quarter and a half. You know, it peaked at almost 120 got down to 102. That was up 2% on the day, which is a big move for a currency. Yeah, and I think that'll go towards higher for longer, right? The the market's starting to buy into that idea with the fact that you saw the labor market as strong as it was in the number that we got. This anticipation that we're not going to necessarily just 
go into a massive recession and the Fed's going to have to cut rates. It's okay, the labor market's strong, the economy's still moving along. It can sustain these higher rates for longer and that puts more or less a bid under the dollar to help from a pricing standpoint just because you continue to get that interest rate that you're getting on on Fed funds. And, and then from a weakness perspective, we talked about how a, a weaker dollar was strong for international earnings, strong for commodities. But now if you get a dollar rally, it's going to have the exact opposite impact. So any translation impact for multinationals, that's going to become an, an area of weakness. Uh, we started to see certain commodities sell off. So strong dollar is going to hit them as well. So maybe it's a flip back to kind of what we were seeing in Q3. Yeah. And I mean, talking about weaknesses, I mean, the earnings trajectory that is one of our headlines is, you know, we've gone through the earnings season, seen announced layoffs that hasn't actually hit hit those job data yet. So like, there's a caveat there with what we got last week. And going forward, when you announce layoffs or when a company announces layoffs, those layoffs actually don't hit the jobs data numbers until a few months later because there's just from a inner workings of how you lay someone off it takes several months to actually move them out the door if you will so that's to come uh, markets probably looking at that analysts are factoring that in but it act those numbers actually have not hit uh, the labor market data yet and, and you mentioned earnings it looks like earnings estimates since the end of the year they, they've gone from 229 for 2023 to 224 it's, it's a nominal decline, but from a path of least resistance, it seems like earnings are moving lower. And, you know, in particular for from a sector perspective, we saw the industrials and energy sector get hit the hardest. Yeah. And it, I mean, all in all, it, having those earnings projections coming down pushes up valuations, not to mention that we had such a rally in January. Valuations on the market now are starting to look, I don't want to say unattractive, but they're definitely getting extended compared to what we saw over the last two quarters. And that's something that we're looking at and watching. I mean, it's just getting a bit a bit of a premium to what it's been over the long term. And that was a point you had made. So, And then, you know, from a weakness perspective as well, we've been touching on this. It feels almost every week, but we continue to see additional data that highlights that the consumer is in a pretty precarious situation. So we've had two negative months from a nominal retail sales perspective. So a lack of ability or desire to consume. At the same time, you're seeing banks becoming increasingly unwilling to extend credit to consumers. And that's been offset by revolving credit facilities. So you can think of that as like credit cards. Those are increasing at the fastest rate since the mid-1990s. I saw it like 14.9% on a year-over-year basis. Yeah, the consumer's definitely getting stretched. It hasn't quite come through. Like the spending that they're doing, we saw like Visa's earnings said, okay, there's an uptick in January of credit card transactions. But the the sustainability of that is really what's in question. And, and the consumer can get stretched for a while, but there's a point where you know that belt actually has to get tightened up. And we're just kind of waiting for, to see if that that plays out. So yeah, and our CIO Derek Felsky always says, you know, the housing market's the economy. The other thing you can say is cons the consumer's the economy, right? Consumption's like seventy percent of the economy. Once you start getting that consumer pinched, their ability to actually buy goods and services is going to put us in a pretty pretty uh, unsustainable situation yeah. from a growth perspective. Absolutely. Moving into opportunities, I think one thing that we haven't talked much about on this podcast is options and there is given the point of where we're at right now with where the market sits and where the valuations are and where we have some of our 
quote unquote price targets on companies and valuations that we've looked through and done analysis on, writing a put on some of these companies is actually becoming an attractive opportunity and something that we might want to track going forward. Maybe it's a opportune time to actually discuss a little bit more, get kind of simple from a put writing perspective. I think when most people hear puts, they're thinking about buying a put, protecting on the downside. But then there's the other side. If someone's buying a put, someone is selling them that put. So Blaine, if I were to sell you a put, what would I be doing? It's an obligation to have to buy the, the company's stock at a specific price point over a specific duration of time. So when we are going through our some of our selective portfolios that we manage, there are specific companies that we want to have in the portfolio, but where the price is right now on that company or the valuation is on that company, we're not necessarily comfortable going out and purchasing that, that stock at that price. So what we are comfortable doing is going and saying, you know what, we're, we want to buy the stock at X price. It's lower than where it's trading right now from a value standpoint. Let's go create that obligation, get compensated for that obligation instead of just putting a limit order out there and receive some premium in the meantime to have that obligation to have to buy that stock in the portfolio that we want in the portfolio already, right? So it's a way to construct and build the portfolio in a manner that is putting a company more or less there for you, having that obligation with that written put and getting compensated in the meantime. So collecting income while you wait for the company to fall to a price that you wanted to buy it at anyways. Markets are so behavioral and you feel in a time like this where the NASDAQ rallies 15% in a month, what you want to do is if you have cash on the sidelines, it's just throw it in the market. But then you look at the multiple expansion, you're paying more for the market. What is the appropriate thing to do on a risk adjusted basis? Well, you know, you, you look to write a put, you're locking in a lower price. You can say, hey, in the best scenario, I'm earning a yield by writing the put and then potentially the market corrects and I get to buy the stock at a price that I think is appropriate from a valuation perspective. And in the worst case scenario, you're just getting a premium type of income on the portfolio. You know, we're not selling puts at a discount to what you would get on a money market mutual fund. We're looking to earn a premium type of income for for our clients. All in all, it's very systematic as to how we do it. And it it puts in place a discipline for how the portfolio gets constructed. Another spot of opportunity that we've talked about a number of times is treasury yields and money market yields. Uh, Just given where they are, given what the Fed's done here over the last several months, you can actually get money invested that might be just sitting on the sidelines and actually earn some interest on that uh, in the meantime. And then opportunities, we've been talking a lot about international markets. And if we do get a rally in the dollar, you can't, you could get a, you know, it's be presented with an opportune time to, you know, I- increase your allocation there. Because if the dollar increases, you're probably going to see international markets sell off. Yeah, 100%. I mean, at this point, the market's kind of taken off. We've talked about that. There's this, I don't want to say FOMO trades going on, but it, it, there's a bit of a sense there over the past few days. And so putting in that discipline, knowing where you want it to work in and where you think valuations really should be is uh, kind of an important aspect. So testing your resolve on your investment discipline is a, another opportunity that I would say is kind of an indirect one, but something that we just work through through our opportunities this morning. So then threats, obviously, we have to start with Chinese balloons. Yeah, what is going on? <laughs> I I don't know. Blaine and I sit across from each other, so we talk about that, you know, how, how things happen constantly, and we both kind of threw up our hands because we have no idea 
what's going on there. But maybe one ramification is that we're moving from a world where like U.S. hegemony was almost unquestioned to a world where Russia, China, and Iran will feel more emboldened to do things they wouldn't have done 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, we saw that with Ukraine. No, you still got Taiwan and China, that whole discussion going on. I mean, the next 12 to 24 months will be very interesting from a geopolitical standpoint. So major threat there. With that, though, market-wise, uh, the debt situation that we got. And I, I kind of say that as a teaser for podcasts that will likely be coming up that Jason and I are going to work on here. It's just the U.S. debt situation and where we where we stand as a economy and a country. But right now... We are working through, and the Fed is actually kind of in a precarious spot. I had it under weaknesses, but I moved it just to threats uh, as we were talking here. And financial conditions have actually eased. Powell didn't really want to say they did, but they did. He basically ignored the question. Yeah. You got debt ceiling coming up, and that's going to hit a lot of headlines. You're going to hear it in the news a lot. It'll likely get resolved, but there's going to be a lot of questions around how does the Fed act going through that because it it's not good to have no new capacity for debt and the fed trying to tighten up more or less the economy and where interest rates sit so going through that whole situation is not not good for the fed it kind of throws a wrench in what they're trying to do and their independence because congress is going to kind of throw them the bone and say hey maybe you guys can fund our obligations in the meantime yeah it's just it's a precarious spot and then with that we got deficits running for the next decade if not more than that because if you factor in social security and medicare and retiring baby boomers uh you're going up to like 2040 is running we're running a deficit for the next 20 some years and we got interest rates rising right so couple that with all the debt that is maturing all the treasuries in the next few years it's it's getting to a point where you had 40 plus 50 years of just lower interest rates easy money increased debt it's okay debt's cheaper now and that's all kind of falling on its head and saying okay looking at what the cost of this is going to be going forward to just refinance our debt is enormous right yeah. Mean, you got the numbers there, don't you? Yeah, from the third quarter. I, I mean, we talked about this two weeks ago, how we expected interest expense to approach a trillion dollars by the end of the year. Two weeks later, you get the interest costs increasing from Q3 to Q4 by, uh, what is it, $130 billion. It went from $736 billion to $853 billion on interest expense alone. $853 billion, that's about 25% of what the federal government takes home in the form of taxes. Yeah. 25% of that is now going to just fund our interest expense, which is snowballing. Yeah, it's going to put a real test to modern economic theory of, you know, debt's unlimited, interest rates don't really, they matter, but we can just print more money, it'll be okay. Whether or not the dollar really starts to see issues going forward compared to some of the other developed countries will be a serious issue. And that's why we've been talking about international as an opportunity is, you know, the dollar continues to weaken, that bodes well for international and emerging markets. The tightening cycle, just as a bit of a pivot, is going to be... A pause or a pivot. Yeah, okay, nice, nice. Um, it's going to probably be a longer process, and the market's starting to price that in, but that's going to be hard to digest given the fact that we're used to having the Fed step in, be a quote-unquote put for the market, and create this opportunity they're losing their power to necessarily do that given the debt situation that we're looking at and where the fed currently sits and i think having the market digest that and see rates tend to be longer higher for longer is going to be a potential threat for the market let's roll around the room and check out our headlines headline strength labor and stock markets headline weakness 
earnings trajectory and the consumer. Headline opportunity. Put writing strategies. Headline threat. When debt starts to matter. The Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcast, Episode 37. Blaine Disrude, Research Analyst. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Jason Cooper, Research Analyst. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Annex Wealth Management, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management, LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax legal or investment advice, or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management, LLC, nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.